Welcome, everyone, to the very first episode of the Quiz Hub Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Turner, and this is my beautiful and amazing co-host, Amanda. Amanda, are you doing all right today? Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I hope all of you guys had a safe uh, New Year's and Christmas, and I hope 2021 brings you nothing but joy, happiness, and progression. Um this is a podcast where we're just going to kind of be talking about anything in the the food industry and any news going on, any recipes that might be a hit at your next family event. And yeah, uh, we're going to start off by just talking about us, kind of let you guys know who we are and what we're about. And then we're going to talk about some goals that we have for this podcast. And um, we're going to talk about some like New Year resolutions, uh, you know, and maybe some filling breakfast that you might want to try in this uh in 2021 in the new year and then after that we'll wrap it up and we'll go on our way but um first thing about us um do you want to go first you want me to go first you can go okay so uh, like i said in the beginning my name is michael and i'm 23 years old i am married to the love of my life right here we've been married since uh november 16th in 2019 so we're a little bit over a year now and we have an amazing almost one-year-old uh his name is andrew and he'll be one in march and um let's see i was born in franklin tennessee i've only lived in tennessee so i've kind of grew up with barbecue my my whole entire life i'm trying to get into that um more like southern fried type of type of food i'm really into like hot chicken and stuff like that right now i love spice um my culinary background i kind of started I started cooking back whenever I was like a sophomore in high school, and what kind of kicked that off was my parents, they went and had a surgery, the gastric bypass surgery, and for those who don't know what that means, um, basically what they do is they will cut your stomach down to the size of like an egg or like a small orange to where your stomach isn't able to um, consume more, so... Uh, a prerequisite for that is you cannot eat any solid foods two weeks before and like two weeks after the surgery. I don't know if you could tell from this camera, but I am a very large boy, you know, a large man. And back in high school, four weeks of nothing but liquids did not cut it for me. So I had to figure out a way to basically, you know, feed myself. And I'm not saying my parents didn't give me money to go to like a fast food restaurant or nothing like that, you know, but or any go eat, but you know, I didn't want to be spending all of their money on food that I could be possibly making at the house. So, I pulled out some recipes. I looked in my fridge, see what we had and, you know, went through the pantry and I just found, you know, like pasta, so I boiled some pasta and I looked to see what meats we had in the in the refrigerator. We had some like steaks and stuff like that. So basically, I just made some kind of like steak pasta and it was pretty good and I enjoyed cooking it it was a bunch of fun and so after all that had gone down I went and I was discussing with my student counselor um you know what I would be wanting to do after high school and we both thought it was a good idea to put me through culinary school so we got all that information done and after uh I graduated in 2016 um the fall of that year I jumped straight in and I went to culinary school at Nashville State Community College. I met a bunch of great people and hopefully, you know, maybe some of those guys that want to, you know, be interviewed on the podcast or something like that. And I'll have to, you know, once we get there and get more uh, information on how to 
actually um, conduct interviews, then, you know, hopefully I'll reach out to them, see if they're interested, and we'll go from there. But um, while I was in culinary school, I um, had a couple of restaurant jobs. The very first uh, restaurant job I had was working at a company called Demas's. And um, basically, it's like a little Italian slash steakhouse kind of restaurant. And Started in the dish room. After I worked my way through the dish room, I started going to things like um, the pasta station, ovens, and I worked my way up to the, the grilling station, the expediter, and it was a ton of fun. I enjoyed every bit of it, and you know, and it you know, it's not like all perfect and rainbow and blue skies and stuff like that. There are your your days where you know things go down. You know, you're running out of these items, or so many people come in, like holidays and stuff like that, but when you're working with all these people and you're working together to get all this stuff done and everything is just, you know, the water start to, to settle. It's like, it wasn't even that bad. You know, you just kind of got to get through it, push through it. Don't think negative. If you mess something up, just say, Oh, well I messed up, fix it. And then just kind of go from there. And, um, yeah, after a couple years at Demas's, I moved to the Spring Hill area and I got a job working at Sperry's and Sperry's is more of a, like a, I wouldn't say it's it's fine dining, but it's not necessarily fine dining. What I mean by that is like, it's very good quality food for you know the good quality food price, but it's not like something that you'd find in like in Nashville. Like it's in it's in like Franklin Cool Springs area, and I enjoyed working there. I started off as a as a prep cook, you know, prepping salad dressings, prepping the meats and stuff like that, and making sure that everything was stocked for the night service and. After that, um, I kind of went into the pantry department where I was making like appetizers, stuff like that. And then I went from being a pantry chef to actually, you know, being on the grill there, working a grill as a grill cook. And their grill is different because they're using a charbroil grill, which involves um, uh, grill grates, as um, which is different from the flat top grill that I was used to at um, Demas's. And so I did have to learn a little bit. Um, different because it is different whenever you're working with a flat top and um and and charbroiled because the flames hit different and you gotta worry about grill marks and stuff like that so it was fun I did learn it and it was a very fun experience I also did some expediting there and um and yeah but after a while um some things happened in my life that where I needed um insurance benefits and now there are restaurants that do provide you with um with medical benefits and stuff like that but it wasn't what i needed i needed something that was going to provide um excellent benefits and an opportunity opened up at this manufacturing company and i've worked there for uh, on and off for three years now and it's been pretty it's been a love-hate relationship but you know things are going good right now and i'm able to provide for my wife and my son and and I, I love it you know it's just a, a fun fun thing to do for me and you meet a lot of great different people and with all that being said even though I'm not in the culinary industry as like as we speak right now I still do a ton of cooking at the house I cook food um I like last night I made uh, meatball subs and uh, I spent all day yesterday making rolls for those subs and um my mother-in-law and her mother they went and or she went and got uh you know some meatballs from the store and it's not that i didn't feel like making meatballs it's just that she just went out and bought them so if she would ask me i would definitely would have made them but 
Um, she went and got them. We made meatball subs and just like some little air fryer garlic fries and stuff like that. And it was a bunch of fun. You know, we had we did a little New Year's countdown with our son. Surprisingly, he stayed up until what one thirty or two last night. Yeah. Yeah. So he w- and he wasn't grumpy. He was he was hanging out with us. So he got to celebrate New Year's with us and and yeah, I love um I love smoking meats a lot. A lot of times I'll be experimenting with my smoker. Uh, for Christmas, I smoked a prime rib, um, and that took me about anywhere, f- I think it was like three days. The first day, I just completely covered it in salt just to make sure that I got a bunch of um, salt inside of the actual meat because it's a thick piece of meat, and people might think that, oh, you're putting too much salt on it, but whenever you don't put enough salt, you're just going to get a bland piece of meat, and like I want it to be to where you can actually – get flavor deep inside the meat because most of that flavor is going to be on the outside so whenever you're seasoning it you know you got to make sure that you're um you're seasoning the right amount to where you're going to get all that flavor inside of that meat then after i salted it you know i just basically put my my barbecue rub of choice on there you can use you know you use whatever you want but i used um i think it's called killer hogs barbecue rub and i've used it on plenty of things and it's amazing and after that, I smoked it until, you know, the right temperature. Because my family, they they don't necessarily like rare or medium rare. They're more of like a medium type. I will not, I refuse to cook a prime rib over, over medium well. If you want it medium well, then you can stick it in the microwave. I don't care. But everyone loved it. It was a hit. I had fun making it. And, um, and yeah, that's that's about me and what I'm about. And, and Amanda, you want to go now? Yeah, sure. So my about me is going to be very short because I am married to him. So he told a little story about our baby and we have our little son. I enjoy my days being a mom. And recently we both got a job at a place called Marcy Joe's. I'm going to be a host and he's going to be a cook. And I don't know very much about cooking but when I do cook, it's more traditional stuff that I learned from my grandparents and my mom. So, yeah, I take all the lessons that he gives me and I slowly am learning to cook better things and how to cook things. So this podcast will really help me learn how to cook things and <laughs> be, a <laughs> be a little cook like him. So Yeah, and what we're going to – next we're going to talk about like some goals for the podcast. And where I would like for this to go is eventually I would like it to where um, – because we're going to have two parts of the podcast. We're going to have a video podcast, uh, which, and then we're just going to have a, uh, an audio podcast. And basically um, I would like it to where we can actually make food for – the video part of the podcast and you guys can see different things to try and how to cook, you know, specific things. You have questions about stuff, then we can, you know, hopefully answer those for you. And, um, and another thing would maybe be like, we're not expecting this to take off immediately. And, you know, cause you know, things, they, they take time, you know, and we're willing to take that time right now. We're just kind of doing this as like a little, uh, hobby, you know, a little side thing, you know, just spend time with each other and stuff like that. And, if there's some way that we can monetize it and, you know, produce a little CAD fair from it, then, you know, absolutely, we'll take it. Who wouldn't want to take that opportunity? But as for right now, we're just kind of doing this for fun, you know, just to hang out, 
husband and wife and just have a little fun with it. Um, some things that you can look forward to finding on this podcast are um, different recipes. Maybe we'll have a recipe or two, maybe in the link of the, uh, of the, of the video or the description. And, um, and, you know, maybe we'll talk about whenever the next holiday comes up, maybe different ev- uh, dishes that might be a hit. Like, I know for Easter, everyone's at doing eggs and stuff like that. And, you know, people do deviled eggs, but why not do a scotch egg, you know? Like, scotch eggs are amazing. And if you don't know what a scotch egg is, it's basically a deviled egg that is encased in deep-fried sausage. And... That's going to kind of negate what we're talking about later, which is uh, healthier food recipes. But, yeah, you know, just things like that. That's what you can find from our podcast. So our first uh, topic that we're going to be talking about here is going to be um, New Year resolutions. Um, A lot of times what I see is people, they want to, you know, they go and get a gym membership and they sign up and they want to eat healthier and stuff like that. And people think that being healthy means just eating bland food that's why people can't necessarily stick to it because they get bored with it and it's not what they're used to they're used to eating stuff with flavor stuff with spice stuff with you know seasoning and stuff like that and whenever they're making healthy foods they don't put anything they just get some chicken grill it salt and pepper veggies salt and pepper and then and rice and while that might be good for like one or two days um you're gonna get bored with it that's why people don't stick with it i was going through um a buzzfeed article and there was a gentleman and i can't really remember his name off the top of my head right now and he was talking about a healthy pizza recipe and my immediate thought was this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen there's no way you're going to tell me that pizza is healthy because pizza is full of grease cheese and bread and stuff like that but whenever he actually talked about it and he was discussing why his version was healthier it wasn't necessarily healthier it was healthier in the fact that the the flour that he used was different and it was processed differently than your traditional flour. Now, there are four types. There's no actually no, there's more than four. There's a bunch of types of flour, but I'm just going to be talking about like the um, the coarse like the like the texture of the flour. Mm-hmm. So, there's 2, 1, 0 and double O or double zero. And basically, two is your coarsest flour, one is less coarse than that, zero less coarse, and then, of course, double zero is going to be your finest flour. Now, the process of making flour um, traditionally through a mill is you take wheat, and, um, you know, wheat comes in, uh, it's, it's three separate particles. You have the bran, you have the germ, and then you have the endosperm. Flour is made from the endosperm, so whenever it's going through a mill, it is going through like a bunch of different tubes, and it's getting crushed, and it's taking away the bran, and it's taking away the germ, and they're basically breaking it down to just the endosperm. Well, whenever you're doing that, it's taking away those vitamins and nutrients that are found inside of the of those you know the bran and the germ. So what they're having to do is once it's all milled and it's in the fine powder state that they need it to be it's at the the texture that they're looking for they they will enrich it so if you go to the market and you see uh all-purpose enriched flour that means that they're they put some of those vitamins and nutrients back in there now there's another way that he was uh going about it 
he was using stone ground flour, which basically is exactly what it sounds like. You're taking the wheat and you're putting the wheat in between two stones and you're grinding it until it becomes a texture that you're looking for. Uh, now you can either <coughs> go on Amazon and purchase your own stone ground um, you know, tool or you can purchase it from the store. You can find it in your markets and everything like that or if you can't find it in the market, you can most definitely order it off the internet, but um, it is going to be more expensive because it is more work. You know, it's not like, um, you know, it, and by more work, I mean more more physical labor than than doing it because sometimes they might not have big machines. They might have like an actual um, two stones that you're having to move around and everything like that. And <coughs> most videos that I've seen about it, um, then that was the case. There's two giant stones and they're putting the, the wheat inside, then they're grinding it. Then once they're done grinding that batch, they put it in a bowl, they put it right back in the top, and then they proceed with that process again until they get that texture they're looking for. Um, but, like I said, whenever you're doing that, you're keeping those nutrients and vitamins in there uh, th that came naturally with it as to whenever you're going through a mill, it's just being put, some of those uh, vitamins and nutrients are being put back in there whenever it's getting processed. Now, there are pros and cons to both. Um, a big pro for the um, the stone milled, or the stone ground, I mean, is that it is healthier nutrients-wise and vitamin-wise, and you get all those natural um, nutrients and vitamins that you're looking for. And then, But a big con is that it's more expensive. Like I said, it's more labor, so you're going to have to pay a little bit more for it. But... If that's what you're looking for, if you want to try it out, and I think eventually sometime in the future whenever we're making our next pizza, I'll try it out because I've made pizzas before and um, I've never bought any of the the pizza doughs or the pizza crust that come in the store because I think it's ludicrous and I, you know, I refuse. If I know how to do something, I'm just going to do it. Um, uh, pros and cons for the milled flour, which is your typical flour that, you know, that you find in your markets. Um the price it's not expensive it's you know you can go buy a 50 pound bag of flour for like eight bucks and it can last you however long you need it and um cons is like i said it's not going to have all those nutrients and vitamins that you may need in order to you know be as healthy as you want but it's a good price you know who, who can beat a good price so as i was reading through the article um, it's not just the type of flour that he uses. It's also the process that he goes through to make it. Um, typically at a restaurant, um, like at a pizza place, they'll spend anywhere from three to five hours fermenting the dough. And basically fermenting means you're letting the yeast do its work and it's expanding and it's, you know, um, creating those air pockets in there to kind of make it like a lighter, fluffier dough. Well, the guy that I was reading in the article he was letting his dough ferment in the refrigerator for anywhere from a day to a day and a half. And he said the reason that he does that is because it helps break down some of those, um, I think he was like saying some of those gluten um, particles inside of the inside of the dough to make it easier to, di to digest. And he was saying that studies were sh have shown that whenever people eat pizza, they feel all bloated and gassy and the reason for that is is because whenever you don't let the dough ferment for long enough and it's whenever you uh, ingest it it's going to 
start to digest in a certain way, that's releasing gases still from that crust or that bread. And it's gonna that's why you feel so gassy or bloated all the time after you eat a slice of pizza. So whenever he's doing it, he's letting it ferment for thirty six hours or so. He said he you can freeze it too whenever he gave a little recipe and we might put that link in the description as well. Um whenever he's doing it, it's allowing you to digest easier and you know, not saying you can go out there and eat, you know, two or one or two pizzas by yourself or nothing like that. You shouldn't do that in any way. But you're not going to feel as heavy and bloated and gassy as you would eating a traditional pizza, you know? What do you want to say? Okay, so this may be a dumb question, but... There are no dumb questions. (laughs) When you... Okay, so if you sift flour, Mm -hmm. does that just change the texture of a flour or does it mess up any of the nutrients and stuff in it? What what do you mean by like when I sift flour into like a like whenever we're cooking something and I sift flour in a bowl? Yeah, like when you sift it with the thing. Yeah, does it mess up the nutrients or anything, or does it just change the texture? No. So when I'm when I'm sifting the flour and like she's at, she's talking about whenever we're I'm baking something, I'll run a flour through a sifter into the bowl. The reason I'm doing that is because I want to break up any flour clumps that are in there. I want to uh. make the flour as smooth. So as long as when I'm talking about sifting in the in the mills, what they'll do is they'll completely take it out. I'm taking the flour from our container, putting it through our sifter into a bowl, and I'm still using whatever's in the bowl. So I'm not separating anything from, you know, mm-hmm. from that from the flour. What they're doing is they're completely separating it and taking it to another part of their their factory, and you know they might use the the brand for. Um, Brand can be used for uh, baking or, you know, be used for, like, farm feed or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they'll use that and they'll process it in whatever way they do so that way they can repurpose it and, you know, sell it, uh, you know, to maybe farmers or maybe even uh, baking companies and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So when I sift here at the house, I'm not taking away any of the nutrients. You I, I mean? see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if I make tortillas. Should I sift the flour if I make tortillas, or is it fine just by itself? If you if you don't sift flour, or if you know if you don't want to go and sift flour, what I would recommend is just maybe like getting like a fork or a whisk and just kind of like breaking up because sometimes, like I said, flours can go in clumps, and um, and I don't know if you've ever like, what do you call it? If you've ever used flour to like on a greased pan to make sure like something sticks, but you always see those little flour balls that form. That's what I'm trying to get rid of. And oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, I'm just trying to make sure everything is smooth as possible. It's not going it, to – it's going to make, like, a small difference in texture, but, I mean, like, it's not something that you're going to notice right off the bat. It's just something, basically, that I do because of OCD purposes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's all I got. Okay. So, next up, what I'd like to talk about is um, food and breakfast, you know, for 2021. And basically – from what I know of, a lot of people, they like to skip breakfast because they think it's better for them and that they are not eating as much to start off with and then they kind of eat at a later time. Well, really, it's almost like it's bad for you in a sense because if you think about it, you're skipping a whole entire meal until your next meal. So you're going to be extra hungry by the time that that meal comes around and then whenever you start to 
eat for like lunch, let's say you skip breakfast, then you go straight to lunch, you're going to be really hungry. You might eat more for lunch than you would if you were to just have breakfast itself. And by the time you're done eating everything, um, it does, your brain's not going to automatically, um, you know, understand that you have eaten more than you should have until you've already eaten it, you know? So like, it takes like, you know, I think it, they said it takes maybe anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes for your brain to actually, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Consume? In, no, not consume. It's like, the word I'm looking for is like to... Process? Yeah, to process, exactly. It's It yeah. takes like 10 to 15 minutes for it to process that you've even had something to eat. So you're not going to feel full right off the bat. You're going to eat all that food, and then you're going to feel extra stuffed. And, and yeah, so, like, it just just don't skip breakfast. And I understand that, um, you know, sometimes people are in a hurry in the mornings, and they can't, they don't have that time to get that breakfast. And that's why I want to talk about one of these recipes that we have here, actually. And it's not, like, an actually actual, like, we can put a recipe in the link. But what this is is... Um, Convenient breakfast for on the go. Uh, one of my favorites is overnight oats. If you're someone who likes oats or, you know, they're very filling. And basically all you do is you just get some, some mason jars, or some, some containers or something, whatever you have. And you put in some milk, a little bit of Greek yogurt. Um, you can do, I do plain just so that way I can have um, a wider variety of flavors. Because if you get one flavor, then you have to get stuff that... Uh, complements that flavor so I just get the plain and then I add my flavors in there so I'll add like some little bit of milk uh, plain Greek yogurt uh, vanilla extract a little bit of berries maybe some granola some chia seeds stuff like that and then my oats you let it sit in the fridge overnight and then you already got it ready you know you can get it whenever you get to work you know start munching on it and it's very it's filling for me and that's a lot coming from someone who can eat a large amount of food like I can I can hork it down pretty well <laughs> so and um I think you tried the, the overnight oats what did you think of them um for me personally I didn't like the oats because I didn't like the texture of after it being sat in the refrigerator for too long <laughs> yeah and what she's referring to is uh, if you let it sit in the refrigerator a little bit too long especially because we had chia seeds in there too and I think that's what she didn't like because the feeling of the chia seeds because once they're in there, uh, they kind of give like a little almost like if you've anyone's ever had caviar before, it's kind of like that kind of texture where it's kind of like um, seeds, uh, little tiny seeds in your mouth. And gooey. I yeah, gooey. Exactly. So it's like not something that's terrible. It's just, I guess, a personal personal preference kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they're very convenient and um, and tasty. You can make it however you want. If you want it really sweet, you can add some honey in there. Or if you want it like a peanut butter or Nutella, just add like a little spoonful of peanut butter, mix it in there. And it's, as soon as you're ready, you got your car warmed up, grab your coffee, grab your little mason jar of oats and head on to work. Um, another thing is that you can do is, um, what is it? You can, y- no, I'm not saying make your eggs, but you could make the egg mixture before you go to work. So like if you have like one of those little... Um, what are they? Ninja bullets? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Ninja Bullet. And you know, if you don't know what that is, it's like basically a blender that's the size of a cup. And you can put some eggs in there, whatever your ingredients are. So eggs, spinach, um, onions, whatever you like, bell peppers, anything, jalapenos. And you can go ahead and blend it the night before. Then if you have time in the morning, you just heat up your skillet with your oil, throw it in there. Boom. You got your little omelet or your little scrambled eggs right there. And then if you want to go an even extra step, just add some tortillas and some cheese and you can make a little quesadilla or a burrito or something like that. And another thing that I highly recommend is drinking plenty of water, you know, so you can never have too much water. I think they say you're supposed to have half your body weight in ounces of water a day, which for me as a 280 pound man, that's, you know, 140 ounces of water, which is what I basically consume. Sometimes I'll try to consume that even before the day's over with. I drink a ton of water, and I'm always getting onto her about drinking water because if you don't, you can get headaches, and, you know, you might start feeling nauseous or something like that. And just staying hydrated is a big key to making sure that you're actually, um, you know, like the first main part because your body needs water to operate. You know, if you're feeling dizzy or anything like that, you know, try drinking some water. And I don't mean just like a little sip. I mean, like grab you a glass. Try to have a glass of water almost like every hour or so, you know, just kind of stay hydrated. Yeah, yeah, that's what I have to do more. <laughs> just drink a lot of water. But do you have any other ideas for like quick little breakfasts though? Mm, one for me that I really liked as a breakfast was the rice cakes. Oh yeah, rice yeah. cakes are good, yeah. With a little bit of peanut butter and sometimes people put honey on top. Mm -hmm. Even like if you want chocolate chips you can do chocolate chips but like not the sweet sweet ones but like the semi sweet semi sweet ones yeah yeah that would be really good yeah and those are actually really good snacks too what i would do is um i would get the the rice cakes i think you got the the cinnamon rice cakes and i would get like a banana and just like kind of slice it up and you know just put some peanut butter on there on the rice cake put my banana and drizzle, drizzle some honey with some cinnamon and it was pretty good. It was feeling too. And, mm -hmm. you know, with that, with a, a cup of water. And another thing, another little tip that I saw before you eat is if you drink two glasses, I'm sorry, two cups of water before you eat something, um, it'll kind of help fill you up faster so that way you're eating a little bit less. And then with that, you know, you're kind of putting yourself in like that, I think it's cal caloric deficit, which is, you know, or deficit, deficit. I think it's deficit. Yeah? Deficit. Yeah, deficit. And <laughs> and um and you kinda, you know, be healthier that way too, you know, in a sense you, you less calories means more weight, um, lost if that's what you're looking for. Or if you're looking to gain weight then, you know, water's still good. Eat whatever you want. But yeah, you know, that's our that's our first episode and we're happy to be here we can't wait to see where this goes and we thank you guys for staying as long as you did if you're still here at the end we're not sure but let us know how we did and um and yeah we hope to see you guys soon we'll see you guys next week and you guys have a safe week out there yeah anything else um can suggest to us what we can talk about too yeah if you guys have things that you guys want us to talk about or you have any questions just you know follow us on twitter at Qu <coughs> quiz hub podcast uh you know and if you're listening to this on red circle follow our youtube channel and our spotify and those are both uh quiz hub podcast we'll probably put links at those in the description and um 
yeah you know thank you guys so much for supporting us and sharing if you've been sharing and liking and just viewing it and we appreciate it a lot all right we'll see you guys next week and y'all have a safe weekend